Hey everybody, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is your AEW Dynamite Recap. Show was May 17th, 2023. They were in Austin, Texas. Let's get right to it. Uh, TNT champion Wardlow comes down to the ring, and he calls out Christian Cage because he wants Christian Cage to, to be a man of his word and spit in his face. So Christian and Luchasaurus come out. Christian was getting ready to spit in his face like he was hawking, you know, like he was hawking up a loogie. Uh, he was being very animated about it. <laughs> and he was getting his spit ready, but Wardlow stopped him. And then uh, there's a two-on-one. Christian low blows Wardlow. Luchasaurus chokeslams Wardlow onto a ladder. Christian hits the kill switch on Wardlow on top of the ladder. Christian grabs the TNT championship and poses with it over Wardlow's fallen body. And very soon after this attack, they made it official for Double or Nothing on the 28th. Wardlow is defending the TNT title against Christian Cage. I'm not sure, was it already official? It's not just a match. It's a ladder match. It's a ladder match. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, It's a ladder match. Not just any old match, you know. Christian is, of course, you know, he's been in some of the more famous ladder matches of all time, back with the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys and his partner Edge, back in WWF, back in those days. I think this will be a tamed-down version of the ladder match. He is significantly older at this point. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I yeah. don't know. We'll yeah. see. He and Jungle Boy delivered on their last match. Uh, oh, they absolutely did, yeah. So we'll see if Wardlow and Christian deliver at the pay-per-view. You bring out some ladders on an AEW show, you Oof. expect to see some shit, you know? It scares me. Because then things like, uh, like Dante, Dante Martin, Martin, exactly, like Dante Martin happen. I would like to point out that was a table problem. Right. Well, I guess there were still ladders involved. But, uh, have you ever seen a wrestler stand in the ring and request that another wrestler come and spit on them before? No, not that I, not that I remember. No. Okay, I, I hadn't, but I know you have such a wealth of wrestling knowledge. I thought maybe this might be something that wasn't new. But I don't think it seemed, so. Seemed very new to me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one before. No. So, yeah, Wardlow versus Christian at the pay-per-view. Up next, international champion Orange Cassidy is tagging with Darby Allen, and they are facing Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. I'm a big fan of Big Bill. Well, Cassidy and Allen also. That goes without saying, I think. We all are. I like Moriarty. You don't like Moriarty? He's okay. Okay, he's had a couple his last good, good matches. matches. His last few matches have been very good. He's had some good matches, yeah. Uh, Big Bill, to begin this match, threw Darby around. It's nice that they didn't have him sell immediately for Darby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Bill hit a uh, like a super version of the boss man slam on Darby at one point. Uh, there was a double superplex by Darby and Orange Cassidy on Lee Moriarty. And very shortly after that, Darby hit a coffin drop, followed by a side headlock takedown on Moriarty for the pin and the win. What's your uh, bone rating for this one? Good tag team match. I gave this one three and a half bones out of five. All right. Solid tag team match. Mm-hmm. And Darby did the side headlock takedown as a, kind of a you know, a call out to MJF who who will wrestle of course for the for the world title in the fatal four way on the twenty eighth. I don't get why that's a call out to MJF that takedown versus like another type of pin. I forget why it is now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh because, yeah, the announcers said that, and I, yeah. but they didn't really explain it. And yeah. so 
I don't know if that was like from a match where they had like fought previously. It is. Yeah, it is. But I forget exactly what happened with with the headlock takedown, but it is from a a match they fought previously. Yeah. But I forget exactly what what the deal is. Um, Um, And my only note that like you didn't talk about mm -hmm. is is Orange dropping the belt soon, you think? Because now he's wrestling still with a wrapped up hurt hand. But to th- for this match, he had that uh, like sports medicine tape on his back, and the announcers kept talking about his injured back. So now he's got two injuries. Do you think this is building towards him losing the belt? I've been thinking that for for the last you know several weeks, yeah. and he keeps keeps holding on to it. Uh, so at this point, I don't know. Yeah, he might just keep on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on, yeah, and hold on to the international title. He's been out, a, come out there on crutches next time. <laughs> he's he's been a fighting champion, and he's had some great matches defending the belt. He has. I would like. I would be sad if his run ended. Yeah. Uh, unless whoever takes over. His title run also. has been one of the more interesting stories, I would say, in the history of AEW. A lot of good matches yeah. out of it. A lot of good matches. Yeah, that one, three and a half bones out of five for the opening tag team match. Cassidy and Allen pick up the win. Uh, up next, the Young Bucks show up. They are quickly surrounded by the Blackpool Combat Club, and they get beat up. The Young Bucks try to throw their luggage at them. That doesn't seem to be the only recourse, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But to no avail. Uh, Moxley steps on Matt Jackson's head and says that the BCC are the only elite in this business. So, rough start to the show for the Young Bucks. Uh, Renee Paquette is with Wardlow. Do you think so? Do you think that's like their punishment for arriving late? Getting their head stepped yeah, on. Yeah, because the shows that are show that already started, so they're clearly not arriving on time. You'd think, being executive vice presidents, you'd think they'd be there on time. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, Renee. Yeah, Ward with Renee. Uh, Arn Anderson comes over, grabs uh, Wardlow's icing himself down in the in the trainer's room. And Arn Anderson grabs Wardlow's ice pack and throws it at the wall. And Wardlow, uh, or Arn Anderson says to him, you see what he'll do. Now what are you prepared to do? And so Wardlow mans up and challenges Christian to a ladder match at Double or Nothing. So yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. That's that's when it became official was with this segment. Mm-hmm. Orrin Anderson getting him fired up. Mm-hmm. That was a very dramatic throwing of the ice bag. Yeah, it was. It made a good sound too. It was a good effect. Yeah. And then we see Renee again, right? She's all over the place in the show. She's like she is all she over is, the place she's in the like show. in seven different segments or something. Uh, it may be more than that. Yeah. She's all over the place. Uh, she's with Orange Cassidy. And he says, if you want a shot at the international title, go find Tony Khan because I'll take you all on. Those strong words. And as I was saying earlier, Orange Cassidy has definitely been a fighting champion. Well, not just that he'll take him on, but he'll take whoever wants to fight him on. Well, that's not and, yet. No, that's, it is. It, it is a, it's a, he, he says he'll take on whoever at double or nothing. I don't think that ha- happens yet. No, that happens later. No, I wrote it down. Oh, he takes it. Okay. Yeah. Well, he has, he's again with <laughs> Renee later on. Yeah. Next, we have Sammy Guevara, and he is fighting Exodus Prime. Cool contacts. And Exodus Prime. Yeah, who's They're using, like, like, vampire contact yeah. lenses. Uh, <laughs> so Sammy comes in with a high knee and then hits the GTH. That literally is it. He pins him and gets the win. It's a squash match. Sammy Guevara takes the mic 
and says that he listens to his heart, and his heart tells him that he's going to become AEW World Champion at Double or Nothing. I'm really sold on Sammy. Like, I don't think he's going to win, because I think MJF's keeping, keeping the belt, but I am so on Sammy's side. That all, all what is it called? All Access all show access, yeah. really helped sell Sammy as a face. Like, I think... Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's popular now, is that show, um, mm. even though not everyone's watching it. Uh, but I feel like they realized like, that his assholiness on the show was just a character. Yeah, and so, I hope so. I mean, and he's such a good wrestler. Like, it was hard to see before why people couldn't get behind him just as a good wrestler, you know? A lot of it was people, they hear about the backstage. He had heat with Eddie Kingston, so people didn't mm-hmm. like that. He was with some some woman for a, for a long time, and then he left her to be with Ty Mello mm-hmm. and got married to Ty Mello. Mm-hmm. And people didn't like that, even though it's none of their fucking business, so why mm-hmm. should they possibly care about it? Yeah. People get very attached to wrestlers on, on the internet, you know what I mean? It, I guess, I mean. Uh, well, uh, they do. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and... They form weird relationships with them, even though they have no relationship to them. Hmm. You know, so... Now, I think that's a lot of the heat he was getting, was some of these... Some of this internet gossip. Some mm-hmm. of the things that we don't usually report. I don't like to report that kind of, you know, gossipy things. I don't, I don't care about that. And I have no idea that it existed, so I couldn't report on it either. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a Four Pillars video package then. They're really hyping up the main event. It is in uh, 10 days from now. Today, Thursday, the 18th. You mean the... The Four Pillars main oh, the, event. Oh, the main event at the pay-per-view. Yeah, the main event at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt come out. Uh, World Tag Team Champs FTR sneak up behind them... And they push Satnam Singh off the stage, and he falls through a table. Maybe multiple tables. I think it's, it's at least two tables, yeah. He's a big guy. He needed more than one table to catch him. Uh, FTR, they beat up Jeff Jarrett, and out comes, out of nowhere, out comes Jeff Jarrett's wife, Karen Jarrett. And she low blows Cash Wheeler. Jarrett grabs Dax Harwood, hits the stroke on him. Uh, Singh gets up, and he comes into the ring, double choke slams FTR, and Jarrett and Lethal, then each take a guitar, and each one of them smashes FTR in the head with a guitar. And the guitars have Dax and Cash's names on them. Yes, yes, and they nail them with the guitars, nail them, and the guitars explode everywhere, Jarrett and Lethal grab the World Tag Team title belts, and pose with them. And they are the challengers at the pay-per-view. And man, this will put some fire into the uh, into the matchup here. They really knock the shit out of them with those guitars. Yeah, and poor Tony Schiavone, who originally was just standing in the ring waiting to interview them, never got to do his interview. Oh, I didn't know. That was, that was the whole reason they came out That's in the right. first place. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. That's because they didn't have their special guest referee there to break things up. Mark Briscoe, not yeah. even on, not on the show tonight. No, yeah, I mean his picture was put up there when they showed the match card, but that was it. Yeah, Mark Briscoe, the uh, the tug of war for Mark Briscoe's heart between the teams of Jarrett and Lethal and FTR, and Mark Briscoe nowhere to be seen tonight. Uh, Renee is up again, and she has Darby Allen with her. And Darby says the headlock takeover earlier in his match was a message to MJF. Uh, Sammy Guevara uh, shows up and says that whether it's him, Darby Allen, or Jack Perry, one of them needs to, quote, take the belt off that prick. So Sammy has now changed his... Uh, mind on MJF. I guess now that that uh, blank check, you know, isn't going to be able to be cashed. Yeah, 
now that that's off the table, um, his feelings have changed a bit. You think that's why you don't think he saw Max's true nature when they fought of fought with each other over who was going to get to make the pin in that tag match, the one that made this a four way in the first place. I mean, a bit of both, yeah. a bit of both, I guess. But he really has done a yeah done a one eighty. They were just mm-hmm. kissing each other on the last show last yeah. week. Yeah, kissing each other on the forehead and whatever. But there goes that. Uh, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho of the Outcasts, uh, accompanied by Soraya, are taking on Hikaru Shida and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. This is a good match. This is a great match. Uh, Shida hits a nice Hurricane Rana on Storm early. Uh, very soon after that, Ruby Soho comes in. Shida hits the 10 punches in the corner, and Shida was coming at these women with some uh, elbow strikes and some punches, and they were all looking fierce, I would say. Um, Britt Baker gets in the matchup and hits a nice-looking swinging neckbreaker. Ne- excuse me, swinging neckbreaker on Tony Storm. Uh, Soraya interferes the first time out of several. Uh, Sheeta, at one point, she strikes Ruby and Tony Storm, knocks them out of the ring. And then jumps out with a splash onto all three of the outcasts. Uh, back in the ring, Sheeta hit a nice falcon arrow on Ruby Soho. And eventually, Soraya passed Tony Storm the spray paint while the referee was being distracted. Tony Storm sprayed it in Britt Baker's eyes. Storm hit Storm Zero on Baker. Got the pin and the win. Four bones out of five. Solid tag team match. Very good match here. One of the one of the better matches of the night, I would say. Kay, what do you have to say about this one? I would say, first of all, this is my match of the night. Really? Yeah. It was a good match. <laughs> yeah, all four great. women were on it. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but for us, I think this is the first, or at least for me, this is the first uh, Hikaru Shijo match that I've seen. I think this may be the first Hikaru Shida match I have seen, yes. Yeah, because uh, truth, so. truth be told, we used to fast forward to the women's matches because the ones that we watched were not up to our standards. Um, but I think we had just missed the good matches when we had done that. Um, I guess so. So we, we have started, what, what, I mean, we've been watching the women's matches for a while now. We watch everything now. We watch everything now. <laughs> um, but... Hikaru Shida had been gone, and she hadn't been wrestling since we had started watching the women's matches. But I loved her. Yeah. Yes. I am, like, all on board. She is amazing. Give her the belt back. She's very cool. I love her. Oh, um, She had a nice missile dropkick at the very beginning of the match. Mm-hmm. And then Britt Baker, when she tagged in, was, like, taking names and kicking ass. She was, like a like, a bull in a china shop. For a little bit there, like oh, yeah. really hard hitting, um, and then I wrote down that she is awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, she had a falcon arrow on Ruby uh, that was just beautiful, and yeah, it was just overall a fantastic match. Yeah, very good match, very good match. This is one of the better women's matches in uh, man, in a couple months on Dynamite. Yeah. It was a very good match. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah, say I so. International champ Orange Cassidy is back with Renee Paquette. And she tells Orange that 20 wrestlers went in to see Tony Khan. So Orange says he'll fight them all at Double or Nothing. How, you may ask? Well, he proposes a blackjack because of the number 20 wrestlers plus himself, 21. Uh, he proposes a blackjack battle royal. He says because we're going to be in Las Vegas and blackjack is a thing. Blackjack battle royal. So the winner of the battle royal will walk away international champion. He then even invited Renee to enter, and she declined. Can I point out that we have two of like the three men's champions 
on this sh- on on what is it, double or nothing one of which had tried whatever he could possibly do to make sure that his match was one on one cuz he didn't want three other guys in the ring with him mm-hmm. and then we have one who suggests a 21 person battle royal for their title just like the different level of commitment to the championship and and what it means to be a champion mm-hmm. and a fighting champion i feel like that's a very good con compare and contrast oh yeah definitely orange if he goes down in this battle royal he will go down as a fighting champion it's hard to see him do you really see him going into this battle royal with the belt and coming out of it with 20 other guys in there Oh, I don't know. You think he's losing it at the pay-per-view? Yeah. I think he's going into it with the belt, but I think that that belt's not coming out with him. Yeah. I mean, well, it depends. They haven't said who else is going to be in this with him. Yeah, they didn't mention one name. They announced no people. So I don't want to say he's definitely dropping it now that I'm thinking about it because who the fuck knows who's going to be in this match. Uh, But the combination of the... multiplying injuries that are building up uh and then the fact that there's 20 other people um i think it chances are not great that he's going to keep the belts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah so he's putting it on the line it makes me wonder if there's going to be a match with kyle fletcher because that's where it looked like it was heading prior to this week yeah, he uh, attacked Orange and stole the belt, but apparently, well, I said stole it. He he posed with it and apparently left it with Orange. Yeah, he didn't right. actually <laughs> steal it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with the Fletcher yeah. thing, whether that's going to be a feud, whether he'll end up in this battle royal, or, or what the deal is. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Not sure. Uh, we now have a Falls Count Anywhere match. With Adam Cole and the Jericho Appreciation Society banned from the building. Chris Jericho versus Roderick Strong. Uh, Strong starts off with a running high knee and some running forearms on Jericho. Uh, Chops the heck out of Jericho's chest. To the point it starts bleeding. Yeah, early on. Uh, Jericho gets the walls of Jericho on Strong rather early, and Strong fights to the ropes. And the two men, they fight up into the crowd, and Jericho suplexes Strong through a table. Uh, The two men fight through the concourse of the arena, with fans watching and making stupid faces for the camera and, Mm -hmm. and all that, and... And the fans, you know, they're cheering for Jericho. And what you see is what I, what I was talking about the other week. <clears throat> when it, You know, when a heel, when the fans start chanting for the heel, start cheering for the heel, it's their job to shut that down. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jericho does. He starts flipping the fans off when they're cheering for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's what he does. And Jericho grabs a stanchion, one of those things that holds up, you know, velvet ropes. Uh, uh, and he grabs it, and he's attacking Roddy with that. The two men, they fight towards a, a, a stairwell. They're fighting in a stairwell. Uh, they come back out. Strong grabs some ice cream, shoves it in Jericho's face for some reason. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, and they make their way outside. You're leaving out that he then fills his own hand with ice cream and decides to eat some before oh. continuing... With the match, yeah. which is excellence. Yeah, just yeah, decided to eat some. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, and they make their way outside, where which was an obvious trap by Strong. Adam Cole was waiting for Jericho. He attacks Jericho, hits the boom, and Strong pins Jericho in a planter in the dirt outside. Uh, nice brawl, fun match. Four bones out of five, uh, fun stuff, and inventive use of the stipulation. As I said, you know, Adam Cole and the JAS banned from the building, but they went outside, so they didn't break the rules, and Adam Cole cost Jericho the match. 
Can I ask a question about the rules? Yes. Um, aren't false count anywhere matches normally no DQ matches? Yeah. So are there normally rope breaks? Because when Roderick Strong got that rope break with the walls of Jericho being applied to him, I expected them to like wave it off. Oh. But they, but they had him break the hold. It's wrestling. Well, I know it's wrestling. <laughs> I know it's wrestling. But I just didn't know what the, what the norm was. You, if, I mean, you have a good point. Yeah. It's wrestling. Sometimes okay. they don't think about those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes they do them anyway and don't expect us to think about them. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. To answer your question, who knows? Okay, fair enough. I was just curious. I mean, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, it should be. Yeah, it should be. If it's no disqualification, the rope breaks should not count. Yeah. Yeah. But so this this rivalry getting some uh, some steam behind it, heading towards the pay per view as well. Jericho versus Cole. That hasn't been announced yet, has it? I don't believe so. Okay, I, I was thinking about so. the ones they ran down, and I didn't remember seeing that. Mm-mm. I don't think so yet. I don't remember seeing a graphic for it yet, so mm-hmm. no, I don't think so. Uh, up next, El Toro Blanco, Rush of La Faccion Ingobernable. He is accompanied by Jose, the assistant, and Preston Vance. And Rush is taking on Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Uh, this another good match. Good matches galore on this episode of Dynamite. Uh, Roosh busts open Perry and throws him into the crowd at one point. Uh, Jose grabbed Perry's foot from outside the ring at one point. It was it was funny, and Shivani just goes, "What a terrible person!" <laughs> for, for grabbing his foot. While he was running, he goes, what a terrible person. I love Tony Schiavone. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, he's, he's a gem. Yeah. Uh, Roosh sends Perry from the ring apron to the floor with a belly-to-belly release suplex. Perry bounces off of the floor. Uh, Rough-looking spot there. Roosh, uh, one point gets Perry in the corner and stays on him. He's jumping on him uh, with his feet forcing his shoulders down over and over again with his legs. And and after this spot, Roosh is arguing with the ref. Perry rolls him up from behind for the pin and the win and uses some trunks. He does use some trunks, But, yeah. you know, the heels were cheating the whole match. So, he, you know, it's fine for the baby face to cheat a little if it makes, uh, if it makes up for the heel cheating a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, good match. It was It was just, it felt like, I, I wish they had given this one some more time. It felt, mm-hmm. when it ended, it felt like it was just getting really good. Yeah, I agree it with that. It was just going somewhere really good. These mm-hmm. two guys got into a, a, a flow. Yeah. And they had just gotten there, and it ended. So, well, when the match started. So, three and a half bones out of five end. for this one. When When the match started, my first note is that Jungle Boy is not in the same league as the other pillars. But by the end of the match, I don't know that I would have written down that same note. I still would have thought it, but I don't know if I would have thought it hard enough to actually put pen to paper. Huh. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Uh, if we're talking about promos, then definitely not. Oh, God, not. no, we're not talking no. about promos, no. Promos and his selling needs some work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're talking about in-ring, yeah, he's the weakest of the four, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. No question. He's the weakest of the four. No, that's not to say he's bad in the ring. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good in the ring. But he's the weakest of the four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I could see. I could see where you're coming from with that. Uh I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in the match or anything oh, like I'm not that. Saying that. I'm either. not saying yeah, that. No. Yeah. But just if we're going to pick the weakest of the four, that it would be Perry, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, after the match, the heels attack Perry. Uh, Darby Allen runs down 
And then he gets choked with this neon rope they have with them. It's a, an extension cord. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I was I was writing down. I wasn't paying that close attention. Yeah. Okay, it was a neon extension cord. Uh, and so they, they have Darby and Jungle Boy Jack Perry now. And Sammy Guevara runs down. And he and Darby clean house. And the heels run away. All three of the challengers for the world title stare each other down and are each kind of looking at each other like, yeah, we got out of this one, good work, but I'll see you at the pay-per-view, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of look. Yeah. So they spent quite a bit of this show building the the main event, Mm -hmm. you know, just here, there, and everywhere, building the main event of the pay-per-view. And really hammering home the, like, mutual respect that the other three pillars have for each other. Right. You know, I think that they are really trying to make a clear, like, yes, they're fighting each other, but these three guys are all good guys, you know? Whereas MJF, the world champion, well, we're about to see his one appearance on the episode. Mm-hmm. So Renee Paquette is with AEW world champion MJF. She asks how he's feeling about the championship. He smacks the mic out of her hand. And walks away. Without saying a word. That yeah. has to be like a record on AEW for MJF for amount of time on screen and, and fewest words said. For brevity. A record yes. for brevity. Yeah. yeah. So, and that is the only time he has seen on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a mistake or not. I don't think it is. And the reason why is because <clears throat> he is... <clears throat> Like, the king of promos and the king of being on the mic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when he does promos the same nights when the other three pillars do promos, the difference in their ability level is glaringly obvious. So I think it was smart to have him not talk. Because not that, not that the promos that the other guys did weren't good for, for the show, but I feel like... it helped elevate all three of them by not having him for us to compare it to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. Do you think that's what they were thinking? I kind of think, I kind of, yes. Hmm. I mean, you you may be right. I don't know. I don't know. And if, if, if it's not that, if they weren't thinking quite that way, maybe they at least were thinking, let's take some of the focus off him to get the focus on Mm -hmm. the challengers. Yeah. But I don't know if they were afraid he outshines them or or what. I mean, he's such a strong personality. I feel like he outshines everyone, you know, like maybe Jericho can like hang with him as far as promos go but he's the only person i would put like in the same league a lot of folks uh seem to have i say a lot of folks some people seem to have gotten tired of his you know half hour monologues and oh mjf's mjf yeah, yeah when he gets to to speak and go on these diatribes and all that what do you think no no, you're not tired of them? I'm not tired of them. Because I feel like they're not the same every time. Right. Like, I feel like some wrestlers, all their promos are them saying the same thing, just in slightly different ways. Yeah. And I don't feel that way about MJF, even though he talks for a long period of time. So I think that would be really easy to do, to fall into, like, a pattern. Um, But I don't think he's there yet. You know, like, I don't think he's to the point where he's running out of things to say. Do what do you think? Uh, I agree. I, I don't know if they need to be half an hour every week. Yeah. Which is for a couple weeks there. For a little bit there, that's what they felt like. Felt like half an hour every week with MJF. Yeah, but I'm... But so- I'll tell you, while yeah. they're happening, Yeah. I'm not thinking, oh man, this is boring, this should end. Because yeah. it's entertaining. That's what I was going to say. Because when promos run long... That's the first thing I write down. Like, I won't even write down what they're talking about in the promo. I write down too long. And yes. I have never written that down for MJF. But I have for 
know, like five or six other people on AEW. Yeah, the only time it, it, it seems like it may be too long for MJF is when you look back afterwards and say, oh, if he had said this in ten minutes, that could have fit. Another match. Another match, show. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Let's see, Tony Storm has set an AEW record with four wins in five days. She is with Renee, and she challenges Jamie Hayter for the women's world title at Double or Nothing. Yeah! So that should be a pretty good one, I think. That would be awesome. Yeah. Alright, and then our main event. Yeah, the, the main event match, uh... Oh, and I skipped, uh, the one thing I wrote down and skipped was, of course, Tony Khan's, you were talking about the main event match, and made me think, Tony Khan's announcement. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it originally set to be a big, a big announcement? Yes, like the biggest announcement that he's ever announced. Um, and they, they, they just downgraded it to, we'll hear. we'll hear from Tony Khan. Yeah, so the deal with that is, and you've you've probably heard about this already if you've been on the internet and look for yourself. But if you haven't, here's the deal, and and probably here's our take on it. Uh, so it seems it, it's one of two things. Either one, uh, Tony Khan and CM Punk and and whomever they're hoping to swerve people and make us think that there's something going on and we won't get to see him June 17th and then they'll surprise us and he is there. So maybe that's what they're doing. They're just working it, trying to work everyone. One could be the case. I don't see the necessity of that. I don't see why Punk showing up has to be a, a surprise. Two, what could be going on is that the, the deal between AEW and Punk really has hit an impasse. And supposedly what happened was, you know, a day or so before the, uh, the, the, the announcement of collision that happened well, Wednesday... A day or so before that, AEW said to remove CM Punk from all promotional materials for for Collision. Mm-hmm. And so it seems that there may be some sort of trouble in the deal. And some people say some of the trouble may have something to do again with Ace Steel who was part of the the uh the 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 fight between the bucks and and omega and uh and CM Punk and he allegedly bit Kenny Omega if, if that's Sam, that's what Sam the Punk did or Ace, Ace Steel oh. allegedly bit Kenny Omega that's what the internet says anyways and he was fired but Ace Steel supposedly has been rehired uh, a couple months ago, even. To work on Collision? or To, to work, work um... to work on AEW, and supposedly was going back on the road. He had been working remotely, I believe. And... How can you hire back someone? If, if, if that's true that he bit someone? He, uh, it's outrageous, yeah. If he really... That, I find that very hard to believe. This is what the internet says. I'm just well, telling you what the I'm internet says. I'm just telling says. you that I find the internet hard to believe. It, the, right the internet now. alleges this dude bit someone, and the internet also says that AEW hired him back. So, I cannot confirm any of this. This is all alleged things I've read on the internet. But. So supposedly now there's been maybe some sort of confusion and Ace Steel was going to go back on the road with AEW and I suppose as a part of Collision and 
and maybe Punk heard he was not. There there was some sort of confusion mm-hmm. that Ace Steel was not going to go back on the road, and that that's what's causing this last-minute uh, shake-up with things, because Ace Steel is CM Punk's homeboy. So, uh, okay. I love CM Punk, as you are well aware. Yes. As our listeners are probably not well aware. He's my favorite wrestler. He's what got me into wrestling. And he's the first wrestler I, like, fell in love with. Not in a romantic way, but in, like, a made-me-fall-in-love-with-wrestling kind of way. But, like, that speech he gave at the press conference was, like, nauseating to watch. And him talking about how he works with children. And then to have him, like, if this is true about him just, like, pulling out of deals because, like, his friends. I I just feel like that's such a child. It's, like... It's like throwing a tantrum, you know? Like, it's such a childish thing to do. It's so unprofessional. But I hope it's not true. Because um, I don't want to talk shit about CM Punk, especially if I don't know that the shit <laughs> that I'm talking about is real or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and now CM Punk has struck out against Brian Alvarez. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure why. I'm I'm not sure. And said something about his wife. Because apparently what happened was... And now we're going back into, into more stuff. We're talking about CM Punk. Years ago, Brian Alvarez... Uh, and I've seen something on the internet. I haven't read the actual newsletter or the actual article. I've seen a, a, a snippet of it that supposedly is, is from it. Supposedly is written by Brian Alvarez. I can't say this was even written by Brian Alvarez for sure. Okay. But there is a snippet going around on the internet, and it's talking about CM Punk, and I believe it's it's from when he was in WWE, and it's talking about uh, how he has this backstage heat with people, blah blah blah. What else is new? You know, yeah. what's what's old is new again. Uh, and then it, and then, and then the part that CM Punk apparently has held on to all these years is the part where Brian Alvarez writes allegedly writes, you know, Punk is thought to not be trustworthy with the girls. I could see holding a grudge if someone said that about me. You know, it's kind of making it look as though he's a a sexual criminal. Yeah. Of some sort. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I could definitely see holding on to that. Because that's what this, this, this snippet says is, he just he just thought to not be trustworthy around the girls, and that even he if he's in a relationship, it's thought to mean nothing, you know that he would, and then implying it doesn't say this, but it it definitely implies that he would be you know, uh, trying to get with women in the dressing room. That's definitely the implication here, uh, and from the from that sound of it, that he can't quote be trusted with yeah. them. Makes him, I mean, makes it sound like he's some sort of creep. Yeah. So CM Punk has this grudge against Alvarez. That I understand way more than any of the other stuff. I agree. I agree. But but again, I'm not yeah. sure if Alvarez yeah. wrote this. This is all just internet back and forth. This he said, she said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. But so that's what all is going on right now. And I forgot what got us on that. We were talking about Collision. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And Sam Punk, yeah. So the Saturdays... Big, the big Wednesday announcement that yeah. led to the big announcement on Dynamite being not really that big of an announcement. It was more like, hey, I made a big announcement earlier today. Yeah. Which I wonder why they waited, decided not to wait to Dynamite to do it, because it seemed like... Well, because it was some it was some big show for, like, TV industry executives... <laughs> Yeah, but then, but it seems like they were planning on doing it during Dynamite because up until tonight we'd heard that. Oh, do you think the CM Punk was going to be the? uh, Okay. I believe that that they were going to announce the TV show earlier in the day, and they had some other things that they were going to announce tonight. But perhaps those things have fallen through, and that's why it turned from major announcement to. We'll hear from Tony Khan. Tony Khan, yeah. So that's the mess. That's the mess that's going on with AEW right now. But whatever the case is, they've got a new Saturday night show coming up. It's called AEW. It appears to be called AEW Saturday Collision. Saturday appeared to be part of the the title, 
Um, but it seemed to be also just referred to as Collision. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the official title is. But it's called Collision. It starts June 17th. It's going to be on at 8 o'clock. Two-hour two show, 8 to 10. Yeah. and uh, Eastern time. And we're actually changing our schedule. Uh, we're no longer just doing an AW a- Dynamite review. Yeah, we'll be adding uh, AW Collision to that. So it'll be more like our This Week in w- <coughs> WWE show. But it will be this week in AEW. Yes. Um, and we will be recording and posting on Sundays. Sundays. Yeah, we'll be doing this week in WWE on Saturday and this week in AEW on Sunday. And then throughout the week, we will be on Twitter with updates and our thoughts. And we will, uh, we're going to start doing things on YouTube also. So watch for us there. But yeah, so announcements by everybody. Announcements by us. Announcements by AEW. Here we are in the middle of this episode talking about CM Punk and all that. I didn't want to even get into it, but I, it's news, you so I to, guess you yeah. kind of have to. Um, can I ask one more question about this before, before we move, move on? on? Yeah. Okay. So Tony Khan, when we see him on All Access, when he's like acting like a person backstage, he seems totally normal and not like a weirdo, and like he can have a normal conversation with facial expressions, but then he makes these announcements. Where it's like his face has been frozen by some sort of freeze ray. And then he's like not blinking. And his eyes are open really wide so you can see the whites all the way around them. Yeah. And he's talking to you kind of like a robot. Yeah, it's what odd. Is, what is up with that? I don't know. Because I just assumed that maybe that's how he talks. But then we saw All Access and it's like, oh wait. He has facial expressions. and. Yeah inflection in his voice and then when he makes the announcements all that is gone what is up with that it's so it's, weird it's strange it is strange yeah he needs to loosen up i yeah. think I, I who knows i mean people i don't know if that's him putting on his business face or uh, yeah his business uh, face is scary or 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 <laughs> if he's just camera shy and he yeah. and that's why he acts weird but it is definitely odd he does not seem to be relaxed yeah when he's speaking uh yeah i don't know i don't know but yeah so collision is happening whether cm punk is coming back or not uh aw is going to be in chicago june 17th for the debut of collision the episode was called The Second Coming, wasn't it? Or something yeah, like that? Yeah, So they may have some angry fans there. Uh, we will see what in the world happens. They need to announce... Like, if he's not going to be there, they need to announce that ahead of time. Or they're going to have, like, active booing at the start of this episode. Right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll see. It might. It may not go well. Yeah, may not be a, a great, I mean, they, great debut. Yeah, they need to tell him ahead of time if he's not going to be there. Yeah, like I know they don't want to like ruin the surprise, and they don't have to announce like he is going to be there. But if he's not going to be there, they got to tell him. Tell people well, the, that he's not. And one, another quote, and then I promise we'll move on. Another quote was you know someone, I forget what journalist, somebody asked. Warner, mm-hmm. you know, I forget who asked them directly, but someone asked them, so what, is CM Punk on Collision? And then, and their answer was, you know, CM Punk is not affiliated with AEW Collision. Something like CM Punk has no affiliation with AEW Collision. That was their answer, which was like, ah, damn, damn, that's not even yeah. like playful, like it could be true. Mm-hmm. But again, it could be the first, my first option that they're working us all and that everything's fine and they just want to try and surprise everybody who was so sure he was going to be there already. They want to try and make it dramatic. I I don't know. It seems well, like this may actually be falling apart, but again, this is all just from conjecture and internet, uh, internet rumor. So... As someone who lived through CM Punk leaving wrestling the first time, that will be very disappointing if after his big return and, like, all my hopes and dreams came true, 
he left wrestling again, like, after just a few months, you know? Well, it's not to say he would leave wrestling. I mean, who's to say he might... You know, he visited, he recently just visited WWE. He recently just... Yeah, and they were like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he recently just visited Impact, I believe. He went to New Japan. Oh, did he? Yeah. So who knows, he I could... didn't hear about the Impact one, but yeah, he went to New Japan. Who knows, he could end up in one of those places. Who knows? Yeah. Let's move on. Moving on. Moving on from CM Punk. Uh, the night's main event... Match-wise, Switchblade Jay White, accompanied by Juice Robinson, his fellow Bullet Club Gold member. What's up with that? Oh, Juice Robinson! Yeah, that's much better, thank you. And Switchblade was taking on Absolute Ricky Starks. Uh, The two men, uh, they go back and forth a bit. There's a bit of a feeling-out process at the start of the match. And they get going. And Jay White, during this match, he's going after Ricky Stark's old rib injury. If you remember that from a couple months back. Uh, nice callback there by by them. Uh, Jay White hit a nice urinagi, which a lot of people know as the rock bottom. Uh, but had a, had a nice one here on Stark's. Uh, Ricky's comeback starts with a quick swinging neckbreaker. Very precise move. And eventually, Juice Robinson brings in a chair. Ricky turns the tables and uses it on Juice. He smacks him in the back with it. Uh, This is all while the referee's back is turned that Ricky gets it from Juice and smacks him in the back with it. And Ricky holds onto the chair and then just decides to use it on Jay White. And he smacks Jay White with the chair and gets DQ'd. Uh, this had turned into a pretty good match until we get a kind of a, a crap ending. It's rare mm-hmm. that you get a DQ ending in AEW. Very yeah. rare, very rare. Uh, well, but the match, cause... but the match, uh, as I said, was going well until the DQ ending. Uh, four bones out of five. It's funny because, like, right before the DQ ending, you said, "I can't believe they're that." That they're going to have Ricky Starks beat Jay White, and then, like, they didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so I thought that was a good observation yeah. by you. I was having trouble seeing where it was finishing, and apparently um, so were they. Yeah, yeah okay. so. Uh, yeah, four bones out of five. Good match. These two matched up very well together. I definitely would like to see it again. White versus Starks. Uh, Ricky needs a friend. You have anything you want to add to add about this? Yes. Well, one, Ricky needs a friend. Yeah. He needs someone there to stop all the shenanigans that happen during every time he has a match, you know? Who had been helping him while these two have been on his case? Was it Hook that was there, or was that before this with someone else? I know that Hook and Starks were together for a little bit. I think that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Um... But you would think someone backstage must like him. Yeah. Uh, although apparently not. Well, but uh, here it didn't take two people because Ricky had the chair. Yeah. Bull Club Gold flees him. Well, yeah, but he wouldn't have had to use the chair in the first place if someone had been there to keep Juice Robinson in check. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, That's what I meant. So, like, we could have, like, a full match without interference. Um. There's a nice belly-to-belly by Starks to slow down White at one point when he was starting to, like get some some offense in uh he used a belly belly to kind of like stop him in his tracks and i appreciated that and then my only other note is uh about that uranagi by white that was very nice after the match bullet club gold flees ricky sits in the chair and uses the finger motion of placing a gun to his temple as jay white had done during the match uh, I guess so, a sort of mocking bullet club, perhaps. I think so. It's time for pip 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 pillar pillar watch pillar pillar watch pillar watch pillar watch. It's time for pillar watch. Yeah. The weekly segment where we rank the week for each of AEW's four pillars heading into the double or nothing pay per view and their showdown in the. Fatal four-way match. 
fourth place this week in the Pillar Watch, MJF. Now, you may be saying he's world champion. How can he be in fourth place? Well, that's because he is heading into this fatal four-way match with three uh, very good contenders, any of whom could pin one of the other and end his world title reign. So, and it's also clear that, you know, his plans with Sammy Guevara for lying down in the singles match, that's out the window. Now Sammy Guevara isn't even on his side. Everything seems to be kind of falling apart as opposed to falling into place for MJF. And this week, his only appearance on the show was an interview segment where all he could manage to do was knock the microphone out of Renee's hand. So, yeah, he's in dead last in the Pillar Watch this week. Third place in Pillar Watch, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. He did get a win over Roosh, but also after the match, he did get his ass beat, and he had to get saved by first Darby Allen, who couldn't really do it, and secondly, Sammy Guevara, who actually did end up saving him. So for second place, uh, for kind of the same reason, Darby Allen got a win in a tag team match with Orange Cassidy, and he and Orange got the win over Lee Moriarty and Big Bill, and then he ran down to try to save Jack Perry later, and he kind of got his ass beat and had to be saved by Sammy Guevara, which is why number one on this week's Pillar Watch, Sammy Guevara. Yeah, hometown hero. He won his match in about eight seconds, it felt like. Uh, <laughs> won a squash match, and he had to save Jack Perry and Darby Allen. And Sammy Guevara has now, you know, broken off with MJF. He's he's put his friendship behind him, realized it was never really friendship to begin with. And uh, he's on. It's a clean slate for Sammy Guevara. And he looks to have a, a good head on his shoulders heading in to the pay-per-view. So first place this week in Pill, 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 Piller, Will, Piller Watch. <laughs> Sammy Guevara. Uh, at this point, the uh, we have the announcement of some upcoming matches. So for Rampage on Friday, a trios match, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, John Moxley, Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta take on the Best Amigos, also known as the Best Friends, and Bandito. Uh, also on Rampage, we'll hear from the Hardys and another trios match, the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass versus the Varsity Athletes. That'll be the team of Josh Woods, Tony Nice, and Ari Davari, and they are accompanied by smart Mark Sterling. Uh, also on Rampage, Jade Cargill with a TBS Championship Open Challenge as she continues her undefeated streak. And we will have Ring of Honor six-man champion Bishop Khan, one-third of the six-man champions. He'll, he'll be accompanied by the Mogul Embassy, and Bishop Khan will face Dustin Rhodes, who will be accompanied by Keith Lee. Dynamite, next week, May 24th, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match. The Lucha Brothers defend their belts against the Blackpool Combat Club. Wheeler Utah and the Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, the main event of Dynamite this week, uh, well, we had the main event match, but the, the main event, the last thing that happened, was Don Callis coming out and talking with Tony Schiavone. And he comes out and claims that without him, there is no Kenny Omega. Very quickly, Kenny Omega comes out. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club come out. Moxley hits the paradigm shift on Omega on the ramp. And out come the Young Bucks with a garbage can full of weapons. And also, Hangman Adam Page returns, uh, wearing an eye patch after that attack with the screwdriver. Like a light brown leather eye patch, not like a pirate black eye patch with the string right that's worth noting yeah, yeah. it's like a western eye yeah. patch yes. it's pretty yeah. cool <laughs> uh, the elite dual super kick then buckshot lariat 
Wheeler Yuta. They leave him for dead. And Hangman Page says they rule AEW and that it's going to be anarchy in the arena between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club at Double or Nothing. So that pay-per-view is looking pretty stacked. I think it's it's worth noting that this is the first time that Adam Page has referred to himself as the Elite since he left them like a year or so ago. Yeah. Yeah, so the Elite are, are back, back together. You got Hangman, Omega, and the Bucks, and they will be facing the Blackpool Combat Club at Double or Nothing. Exciting stuff. That that pay-per-view is looking really good, I think. Oh my god, it's looking so good. Uh, so let's see, before we go, any last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Any Anything we didn't get to get to talk about? I just feel like this has been a really good dynamite, and I and last week I felt the same way. I feel like they have been producing some really good product recently. And you sound when, like a WWE producing some good product. Well, I mean, well, yeah, the pro, yeah, anyway, that, that's what it is. It's a product. The product they've been putting out has been really good. They've been doing. They've been putting on some good wrestling lately. Is what they've been doing. Yeah, that's been there has been some good wrestling. See, I can't do it because I'm not from the real South, so I can't. I can't pull it off like again. Um, I think what will be the true test of AW and and if they're improving, is it seems like the lead up to their pay per views and their pay per views are always awesome, and then that first episode after the pay per view just sucks ass, and so. I think it'll be interesting to see if they can break that that cycle, you know. Mm, yeah. What about you? What's your takeaways from from this episode? Also, it seems like they're stepping up their rampage game, which it doesn't seem to be affecting their numbers. Well, quite rampage right now. last week r- recorded its lowest rating ever. But it was on a Saturday, and it was on against the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they've been... Yeah, it's been moving times. I can't even tell you what time it aired. I can't tell you what time it's airing next week either. 6.30. On Friday? On Friday. Oh, okay. There you go. But, uh, I don't know. The, uh... My takeaway... Yeah. Good episode of Dynamite. Setting up the pay-per-view well. Two very good episodes of Dynamite in a row. I think on Cage Match, they've been the two highest-rated back-to-back episodes of Dynamite ever. No, oh, that's cool. I think that's true. Um, so, yeah, setting up the pay-per-view well. Got Collision coming in a month. And if they were going to do a soft roster split, or whatever they were going to do, I don't know, maybe, food for thought, maybe it, maybe it's best if Punk doesn't come back because that plan was never going to work anyway. You know, with, let's keep, they got to keep them away from each other and it, and it's, and it appears as though legally they might, there might be some sort of restraining Restrain order or yeah. something going on. But we don't know because they can't talk about it. But they also can't talk about it, right? So we don't know what the deal is legally, but they may not actually be allowed to be in this in the same place. Okay, but like that had to have been someone's idea, the gag order. You know, I mean, I doubt that was the judge being like, you know, that, like someone had to have su- suggested that as like a term of whatever kind of settlement they came to. Who knows? It's such a stupid idea. Like, no one can talk about this thing ever. But, well, yeah, who knows? But the idea of having a show just revolving around punk, you know, not not being on Dynamite is, is just... It's uh, setting yourself up for failure. I don't think that's what the show was revolving around. I think the show was already going to exist, and they were just using this as a way to have punk be able to come back. I don't think they built the show around the idea like, like, hey, we need CM Punk. Hey, why don't we just make a whole new show for him? I don't think that's what happened. I think it was, we're making a show. Let's figure out a way we can get CM Punk to come back. Hey, what if we just put him on this show separate from the Elite, you know? Well, it becomes Punk's show. Then. He's been their biggest ratings draw yeah. in, you know, I think in, in AW, I believe he's mm-hmm. been their, probably the biggest ratings draw that they've had in their mm-hmm. short 
span of existence. Yeah. Uh, so whether it began as his show or not, that's what it would have been when it started, his show. Mm-hmm. And if it does start, so we'll see. I'm I'm done talking about the ifs and conjectures of it all and how long do we have to wait to find out stuff? June what? Well June seventeenth is when collision yeah. starts. So right. well we'll just wait and see. So who knows? Uh, all right, so when's the next time they can hear from us? Well, you will hear from us again uh this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. We will do this week in WWE. Uh not sure what date. Or, excuse me, not sure what day. Uh, I think probably... What do you think? I think Saturday. Saturday? Saturday. You'll hear from us Saturday. With this weekend, WWE. (laughs) Really decisive here today. (laughs) So, uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to us. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, subscribe to us so you don't miss an episode. Uh, because as of now, we're still we're still doing the Dynamite Report. We're doing this week in WWE. Of course, in the next couple weeks, we're going to have pay-per-view prediction episodes. We're going to have pay-per-view review episodes. So if you uh, subscribe, you don't miss any anything. And also, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us. Give us a good rating. Hopefully, you listen to the end of the show. Not because you hate listening, but because you enjoy it. So... Uh, Give us a good rating, please. That helps us helps us get seen by people and we'll grow our fans and can grow a community and we can all talk about wrestling together and it'll be a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, also, we are on Twitter a lot. Feel free, talk to us on Twitter. Uh, the account of the show is at NoBonesWrestling. That's at NoBonesWrestling with an R. And K Fabulous is at K Fabulous eighty. That's at K A Y Fabulous eight zero. Uh, also, very soon, our YouTube channel is going to be up and running. We're going to be doing uh, just some different kind of things on there, and popping in to share news. Um, Before double or nothing, we will post a video of us unboxing. The AEW Double or Nothing crates. Yes, correct. And, uh, but yeah, so on our YouTube channel going to be up very soon, uh, up and running. And I, I think that's it. So thanks for joining us. And as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye.